today a bit about why representation matters in the gaming industry, and we're going to get some personal insights from my wonderful guests that are up here on stage with me now. But first of all, uh, we should probably introduce ourselves and let you all know why we're here and why we think we're qualified to actually talk about any of this. So first of all, my name is Bex Trista. I'm a presenter, a host in the gaming industry. Also, I'm a full-time streamer. And uh, the other guests I have with me include Marta. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Hello. Oh, oh hi. Hello. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Marta. I'm a uh, digital design manager and a stream strategist working at Sega. You know, the blue hedgehog one. Sonic Frontiers is over there. You should, you should go try it. Uh, I'm also a content creator. I do streaming and I do consulting when it comes to influencer management, uh, content creator uh, management, and also community. About how long have you worked in the gaming industry? About over eight years. A long time. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Dean, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Dean Shanganu. I have been working in the games industry for 12 years now. Oh, my God. Jeez. Mostly in QA. I'm currently working as a playtest engineer for Fall Guys. I'm also a full-time content creator and a games master. Thought I'd drop that I, in I like there. the way you just dropped that at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, you know, been on that little TV show. You, know, people, you may have seen it. Maybe. You may have heard of it. It's got like a, a, a bronze controller or something that you get, right? Uh, golden, golden... So, something like something, that. Something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My final guest on the lineup today is Quang. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Quang. Um, I'm not Ibs, who was meant to be here. <laughs> but unfortunately, I have to fill his boots. His feet are bigger than mine, so they've got big boots to fill. He, he also had a cat on his yeah. picture for yeah, this panel, so we are sorry there is no cat at this event. Um, I've been making video games since 2000, officially. Uh, um, before that, as a kid. Um, I've been in the industry, that's what, was that 22 years now? Yeah, 22 years. Um, I didn't know how many days the event had been going. Don't <laughs> ask me how many years you've been working in gaming. Um, I currently run a small indie, indie studio called Asobitech. And currently, we're making new games for old systems, and we're making a game for the Game Boy. I'm also Games Master. Uh, we made we made video game for Games Master, the new show. Dropping that in there now. Uh, okay, okay. And there's another one in the audience as well, just to really kind of rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> so you've all been working in the games industry for for some time. I've been working in this industry for. Uh, I, I, I don't entirely know six years or so at this point, uh, including when I started on YouTube. So we've been involved with a variety of different things, and hopefully we can bring you some information about our experiences and uh, explain a little bit about why representation is so important within the gaming industry. So to start off with, I wanted to start off on, uh, on a good note, on a high note about, about the gaming industry. Um, so I wanted to ask all of you if you could think of an example of a really positive experience that you've had where representation, maybe it was the first thing you saw that was particularly a good time for representation or just the most important one to you and how that made you feel. Why, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> we're, we're looking at you because you're, you're first on the list. Um, gosh, I'm trying to, trying to think of one. The thing is, like sometimes it can be difficult to find uh, representation that really makes you go, "Oh my God, I can do this!" Because that was my experience. I didn't even know, I didn't even grasp the concept of working in video games as an option. Um, I, I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was a thing. I grew up in a very small town in Portugal. Um, moved to the UK. Video games was not even in you know in my vicinity. So when I actually moved here and I started talking to people and I started getting to, uh, to, to work with you know, different people from different backgrounds and different experiences, and I finally started to find out, oh, wait a minute, people are doing a thing that I really like doing, and it's, it's, it's a possibility. I didn't know it was possible. And um, I, I can't think of any specific one per se, but definitely from my experience talking to um, women in video games, is the main thing that made me go, wait, women can work in video games. I was bullied heavily when I was a kid for just being a girl that liked games a little bit more than what I was supposed to, apparently. Um, and uh, so talking to uh, women who are successful, who are doing amazing in video games, was really inspirational to me. And that made me feel like, 
I can I can do this. This is this is a thing. And working at Sega, we do have amazing women in you know in in high up positions that I admire and I look forward to uh, working with every day. Um, so that you know, not underestimating the the power of representation and and seeing someone do someone like you, not just that looks like you, but that you connect to, that you relate to. Uh, looks is just a fraction of it. Um, is so important and being over the past eight years even you know meeting people like you doing content creation as well it just it's it is um is something that i really i'm really glad that is happening more and more because if you can see someone else doing something that you like it immediately makes you believe that that you can do it yeah definitely and i will say if i can do it anybody can that is a <laughs> I am just a Muppet with a camera and uh, spends all their spare money on hair dye. So it really is just a case of, yeah, seeing people who you can relate to and that can give you that inspiration. Um, Dean, is there any example of representation? It could even be within a piece of media, within a computer game itself, that helped you feel more seen and more part of the, the gaming world. Barrett Wallace, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Good choice. Um, Actually, I've always wanted to get into games. As uh, soon as my uncle bought a Mega Drive in 1991, I knew I was in trouble. Um, but I didn't really see black people in video games for a very long time. Um, I think Barrett was probably one of the first instances that stuck into my mind because, one, I like Final Fantasy, and two, I'm a massive weeb. Um, but I think that was like the moment for me as a kid, like going, oh, do you know what? If I can see myself in games, then maybe I'd be able to get into it. Um, I think I was quite lucky with my first job. Uh, my first job in the games industry, there were quite a lot of people who looked like me, but then in subsequent jobs, like I would generally be the only black person there. And I think that's definitely something that's changed over time, but definitely does need to improve. But yeah, I think that would be the first instance, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think seeing someone, and somebody as cool as that as well, like that's a good introduction. You know, that's, that's somebody who was very, very kick-ass in a computer game that you could look up yeah, to. Yeah, it's not clear that I've based my entire appearance on anime or anything at all. Me neither. <laughs> no, I, that's definitely not a thing that has occurred. Um, yeah, it's a completely, well, I'm hoping it's a completely valid choice because it's my entire identity here. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, no, not at all. Thank you. So, Quang, how about yourself? What was something either in the industry or in media from the industry that you remember? Um, if it's all about representation, uh, I remember coming to the Excel for MCM Comic Con, which is a wonderful event. And I think one of the Marvel movies had just come out, and you had Falcon as one of the superheroes. And I turned up at MCM Comic Con, and this father and his child, uh, he must have been about six or seven, was dressed as the Falcon. And he could be a superhero that looked like him and represented him. And he was so excited to be here to run around, take photos with other Marvel superheroes, dress them in cosplay. And it was just a wonderful thing to see that they could see a superhero that they could represent. Um, that they could, what's the word? <laughs> they could. Uh, they could relate to, relate to see themselves the in them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it's something that. We, we sort of struggle to sometimes explain to the industry and, and society sometimes as a whole is that if you are used to always seeing yourself, it's very difficult to put yourself in the shoes of someone who hasn't seen themselves in the media that's around them. And the difference that kind of has, we've all seen clips going viral of the, the new Little Mermaid trailer and these little kids being ecstatic to see themselves in a, a Disney princess and how beautiful those moments are. And, and the fact that those moments are so beautiful and so extreme as much as they are heartwarming also show you that those children haven't seen that as much in media and they haven't had as many of those experiences. And they do really highlight how important it is to have uh, representation in uh, all of the media around us that represents who we are as a people. Um, I think for myself, one of the things of representation that I saw uh, was actually uh, Star Trek, another thing I've absolutely not entirely based my entire personality on, um, which would be an episode of Deep Space Nine where Judzia Dax meets a, a former partner who happens to be female. And I literally sat there and went, wait, other people like this exist in the world. 
because it had never been mentioned to me, and I just had no idea that was a thing before that. And it was such a sort of, I mean, I sat there just looking confused, so I wouldn't call it a beautiful moment, but it was a very important moment in my life to go, wait, I am, I'm actually not alone. It isn't just me. And that kind of powerful thing can't really be underestimated, I think. Uh, but we are also going to have to talk a little bit about less positive experiences that we've had. Um, I don't just want to sugarcoat things as we've had progress recently. Um, so I do want to ask you all for an example of something sort of in the industry where you have had a, a negative experience as well and how that affected you or made you feel. I can go first if it's daunting. <laughs> if you have one lined up, go on ahead. Yeah, if you have one, go for it. Um, <laughs> a couple of things that have happened to me during my career. Uh, the, the first one that happened was uh, several customers refusing to be served by me uh, when I worked building computers and outright refusing to believe that that could possibly be my job and insisting on speaking to a male coworker who did not work in the computer building part of the shop whatsoever and just repeated things to me. And uh, that was how we went about that transaction. And I was on far too little money to just walk out, unfortunately. Uh, the other one that happened some years later, a significant amount of time later, was when I was not invited to a management meeting because it was assumed I could not possibly be part of the management of that department. And when I pointed this out and said that no, I had not actioned anything from that meeting, they said, well, obviously you must just be one of the... You obviously just be, must be one of the boss's daughters and that could be the only possible reason that you would be here. So those are a couple of things that's happened to me. Um, I'll just go circle back quickly to the previous question, which I didn't mention. Anyone that has played Streets of Rage and has seen Blaze Fielding, I saw myself in her as a kid, and that inspired me a lot. I didn't mention that, but within characters within video games, seeing a girl with darker hair, because there were a lot of blondes, nothing wrong with blondes, you're awesome but give us, give us a little bit as well. It was nice to see someone with, um, you know, with curly hair being, you know, being absolutely awesome in the Streets of Rage. It's it, absolutely one of my favorite games. It was nice to see myself in the video game. Um, but going from that, uh, I definitely exper I've, uh, I've experienced um, sim in similar, you know, similar to you. Even before I was within the video game, working within the video game industry directly, I w worked in a video game shop rite of passage for many of us. Um, and I remember showing, you know, a, a piece of kit to someone, you know, like a, like a console, and someone will go, can you get one of the guys? Can you get one of the guys to come and explain this to me? And I remember just, just going, okay, dear friend, colleague, pal, can you explain this to this, the, this gentleman over here? And he looks at me and he goes, I know nothing about this you know it, explain it. And I'm like, thank you. It's just having, it's an experience that you find a lot, um, um, as a woman, sadly, still a lot, is needing to find a male ally to reaffirm what you're saying, uh, which can be very, you know, discouraging. I'm a digital design manager. You know, I'm, I'm someone working within the field that is very competitive, but I do find myself sometimes saying the exact same thing as a male colleague I don't get taken seriously, but they do. I have to go, hey, don't you agree, just so that my opinion is valid. And that is something that, you know, sometimes you like to think it's just a coincidence, it's not, it's nothing, you know, because the moment you start thinking about it, it can become a bit, it's a bit depressing. It's, it's getting there, but it's, it's an unconscious bias as well. A lot of people don't do it on purpose. Even women, even ourselves, sometimes we might look at other women and go, I'm not taking you seriously because I've been told I shouldn't because I'm not taken seriously. And another experience that I had that was, um, honestly, I think it's something that a lot of us will struggle with is being tokenized. Um, within my career in video games, I got, um, I got asked to be featured on a website to talk about, you know, just to talk about my experience, about being in the video game industry. And I, you know, I didn't think much of it at first, but then I was like, okay, 
I'm in a team of five people. I'm the only woman, and I'm the only woman who is not originally from the UK. My name on the list sticks out like a sore thumb. However, my team is very diverse. And I immediately ask, why did I get picked? And I got told it was because I was, oh, because your job looks interesting. And I'm like, okay, but my, my team, my team is all very interesting. I would love to talk to them, see who would be the best person to represent our department. And the same person told me they didn't know our team. They didn't know us. And that, uh, you know, they just thought it would be cool to pick me. And that immediately made me, I feel uncomfortable. I'm usually super happy to do this sort of stuff. But it immediately made me think, did I get picked because you genuinely think I'm the best person to represent the department and to aspire people? Or did you just t want it to tick a box? And sometimes, yes, it is important to go and look for people to show different perspectives, but do it for the right reasons. And, you know, I don't want to question myself every time thinking, did I get hired because there was a box people wanted to tick? Or did I get hired because I was the best person for the job? And yes, maybe I can help with diversity. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, these are things that we question quite a lot and we really shouldn't. I think it's difficult not to end up sometimes undermining your own confidence because you're so used to other people doing it for you. Yep. But when you do genuinely see people who are maybe just, just wanting you to be involved in something because you are actually exceedingly cool and are literally blaze. Um, but you sometimes you start to, to doubt that because your previous experiences, which can make it difficult on both sides of the equation for the people that want to make things better and also for, for ourselves. Uh, do you have some examples you'd like to share? I mean, besides the standard being completely undermined and wheeled out for corporate picture time examples as previously outlined, Oh, corporate picture time is great because you can always count to five when you've got the photographers in and you're like, someone's going to ask me to do this photo in a minute. Dean, yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to pose for some photos? Uh, are you sure it's not just because you are the most photogenic? Uh, no, I think, oh no, it's always like I look the most fun. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. Um, but yeah, no, it's always front and centre just to make sure that, well, I feel like for me being black, non-binary, goth, it's sort of like the diversity lottery, so you may as well get all your eggs in one basket in one photo. It's like four for one. Who knows? Um, I think for me, what stands out in my mind a lot is that I spent a lot of time playing online video games. And it was only until I spoke to other black people about my experience with online video games is that for a while, a lot of us hid our identities online because of just the sheer amount of vitriol that we got on a daily basis. So we're like, I don't really want to deal with this, so I'm just not going to mention who I am as a human being. I just want to play this game and leave. Um, and it was only until I realized, like speaking to other black people, that we all had the same problem. I feel like, to a certain extent, it's gotten slightly better. But then again, it is the internet, and you've got anonymity. So it's always going to be some variable point of terrible at some point. Um, I think that's always going to be the thing that stands out for me because it's like being a content creator and constantly being in the forefront of being online constantly, terminally online, if that. Um, I feel like there's a lot of improvement in terms of building community and actually like making people realize that there is a standard or a way to behave towards people. You just be online and be nice. I know it's a strange concept, but we can try. Nice? Yeah. On the internet? Play, play game. Do nice thing, leave. What is That's all this? I want, really. Um, but yeah, I think just my previous experiences of like having to hide who I was as a person is like the, the big standout for me. Um, in terms of being like in the games industry, it's kind of bad to say, but I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm used to either being tokenized or being undermined or not seeing myself a lot. Um, I will admit that I have seen more black people in the games industry and I would like to see even more. So if you're looking to get into games, just apply for things, please. For the love of God, I want to see more of you. Um, but yeah, it's gone better, but I think we could do more. And I think that has a lot to do with just the culture of, well, I think it's two things. One, people go to a website, look at the pictures and go, mm, I don't see myself here, so I'm not going to apply. And the other thing is, is and 
I'm just going to reveal this to you. I think a lot of being hired in games is knowing who is already in games. That's pretty much how I got my job. It's pretty much how I know most people got their jobs. And I think just keeping the right company and having a diverse amount of friends should then reflect itself in the industry, hopefully. Hire your black friends, please. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, yeah, if somebody goes to your company page and they don't see anybody like themselves in any of your roster or maybe just one person who looks like they didn't want to be in the photo, um, they're going to immediately have a certain opinion about that company, which means those companies are potentially missing out on a lot of incredible talent because they just don't appear to be welcoming, even if they are in themselves uh, people who would happily hire a more diverse workplace. How about you, Quang? Um... So having Asian genes uh, makes me look a lot younger than I actually am. Um, so I'm, I'm 44 now. Uh, Lies. And as I said, I, I was in, started in the industry in 2000, so I've been around for a little while. But looking the way I look, people assume I'm a junior or I don't know what I'm talking about, but I have a lot of you know, experience in the industry and advice to give. And my skill set reflects that, but people will not take me seriously. And it's almost like, do you, you want to go ask your dad if you can help you with this thing? I'm like, no, I, I don't need any help. And so, yeah, that's, what, that's probably the most negative thing I get mostly. Yeah, and I think anything that kind of assumes people will look a certain way and will therefore behave a certain way, because even if you were a, a lot younger than you are and not just some kind of magical vampire, um, you could still have a huge amount of knowledge and it would still be just making an assumption that wouldn't necessarily be helpful. Um, it usually is much better to just go from a place of, let's ask if this person knows this. They can tell me either way. And that avoids a lot of those awkward conversations where it turns out you're actually older than the person um, or more experienced than the person who's kind of trying to, to undermine you on something. So definitely, um, yeah, there are a lot of varied experiences, but a lot of things, presumably, a lot of people can also relate to. And they are all similar stories to I've heard from, from other friends uh, in the industry as well. So moving on from what is currently some of the things that are wrong, I would like some, some more positive things. What things have you seen starting to happen that are starting to make a difference? Can you name any good games when it comes to representation or any good events or organizations you've seen? I mean, where you're working currently is quite diverse, Marta. Do you think they're a good example? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I am very lucky and I know it will be biased because I do get paid by them. Um, but uh, Sega is a fantastic, diverse place and they do a lot of work when it comes to making sure that they're getting as, as much people in that are qualified, that are good at their jobs, but they bring their life experience to the table, which is also very important. We have a lot of initiatives within Sega. I'm, I'm part of, uh, of a few, what we would call ERGs. Um, I'm part of the LGBTQIA plus initiative within Sega. Um, uh, as you know, as someone who's demisexual, which is probably not as known for most people, and I'll, I'll just clarify it very quickly. Uh, I don't see looks as kind of what it goes to. Um, I label myself as someone who would be hetero, but um, but I don't, you know, I don't look at someone and go, "You're, I wanna do things with you." I don't. I, that is not a thing. I, I, there needs to be something more. You need to talk to someone. You need to connect. It's it's something that's different. It's something that I've noticed that a lot of people didn't know about. Um, that we've spoken about uh, within Sega and people were very open about it and they, they were very open to, to, to listen and you know there was no judgment um, and um, uh, we do have quite a few initiatives to make sure that people are getting not only people are getting involved but getting to know their colleagues you know I had I had one instance where you know again there's nothing wrong with not knowing things but as long as you're willing to learn and listen that's the next step I once got asked by a colleague why I wasn't involved in Hispanic heritage within, uh, within the company. And I said, because I'm not Hispanic, I'm Portuguese. It's different. And they got very, you know, they immediately went, I'm so, so sorry. Oh, my God, I didn't mean to. And I was like, it's, it's okay. It's like, now you know. And it's fine. 
You know, so it's having that ability to do that is amazing. And I have seen, you know, I have seen teams taking steps to, to, to bring different people. And um, one thing I will mention that I got involved with directly myself was that uh, every year we used to have um, an all-girls school, uh, all school come to Sega uh, to present their work and talk about how they wanted to be in video games. And I would mentor, uh, mentor one or, or two girls for like a week or two. And, and just, it, to me, it was seeing myself in this younger generation where, where they would be like, so you're telling me I can actually work in video games? And I know this is going to sound cheesy, but bear with me. It's like, I was like, you can do anything. I wish I knew I could have done anything I wanted when I was younger. And I know it sounds reductive, and I know, you know, different experiences, and life is not easy, and all, and all that stuff. But... If I wish I had known earlier that I could have done some of the things I do today. And uh, being able to, you know, listening to someone panicking because they need to pick their GCSEs and they need to pick what they're going to study at university. And, like, and their life is over. I, I was that person one time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody cares. And if anything goes down, go back. I was once studying to become a neurosurgeon, and today I work in video games. Don't think about it. Just do your thing. Um, so those are examples that I like seeing. You know, don't be scared of just talking to people and sharing your experiences if you're comfortable with it. And just because uh, if someone listens to you and that can give them that spark, that's all you need. Whether it is within video games, outside of it, wherever you're doing, just you know, don't be scared to share a little bit of positivity. Yeah, definitely. And one of the reasons that we started working together was the charity streams and things that we've been involved with with Sega, who pick a very wide and diverse range of charities to work with as well, which has also been really, really lovely to see. Uh, Dean, can you think of some examples for yourself? This sounds like a product placement now, but I'm happy to vouch for Sega because Sega was actually my first job, and it was probably the first job I saw people who looked like me in. And little did I know that going on to subsequent jobs, that would drop dramatically. But um, yeah, no, it's probably one of the most diverse companies ever to have worked for. I think, in terms of the games industry, we've had, we're having the right conversations now. Um, some of them are well-intentioned, some of them are not. Um, I'm thinking of the diversity wheel that one of the companies came up with, where they just spin a wheel and try and make the most diverse character that they can. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, we've got games like Apex, which have a 50% female playable cast now. Um, we have diversity programs. We're talking about racial bias more, even though some of those conversations could use a little bit more nuance. Um, the games industry has been slow to start with this conversation, like very slow. I think it's kind of picked up in the last five to six years. But I think what really needs to happen is that we just need to stop seeing people for their gender. We need to stop seeing people for their skin color and see them for the passion that they want to take on in this industry, which is what has driven things. Because let's face it, we don't know everything about games. In fact, most games programmers Google all the time. If not, Stack Overflow. <laughs> That's the wheel of games programming, let's face it. Um, and just basically just onboarding those people as much as possible because those are the people who make the games industry go around. That's it. I know it sounds simple, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can echo some of the things that you said. One of the first jobs I had uh, back at the start of my career, there were a few women on the team. And from that point on, I went, oh, <laughs> I am the only one of me from this point on. And um, I, will I will tell you something. I don't know if I've ever told anyone this before, so I'm just going to tell an entire event because, you know, that's how that works. Um, but at one point, at a job where I was working, I will not say the job or the company or anything for obvious legal reasons, but I was in charge of making a department and hiring some more staff. I hired some of the only diverse people to work in the office. It wasn't a huge office, but it was noticeable. But at one point when going through the CVs, they did request I sort them based on surname in order to remove a percentage of CVs. Um, I didn't work there for much longer after that. Um, <laughs> And that really kind of hit home to me, something that a friend of mine, who, who I saw after years, I'd gone to school with them, and I saw them years later, and uh, they said that the reason they got one of their first proper jobs after school, and I will classify, I'm old, this was a while ago, this wasn't recent, um, but it still hits very hard, was that they changed their surname legally 
And after they changed their surname, they went from no job interviews to literally tens of them and a high paying job within about a month, which was quite a scary and hard hitting thing for me to have seen. And I know that for most companies, that's you know, not something that you could really get away with. I mean, it was illegal at the time, but it, uh, it definitely really, really hit it home to me. So yeah, Quang, do you have some examples? Oh. Um, so recently I, I was part of the Ensemble group, uh, which is a yearly thing where they take 10 people uh, from minorities and showcase them at the London Gaming Festival. Uh, I was at, I can't remember what year it was, but a few years ago now. And that's a wonderful thing to do, uh, to see people in all the ro different roles, from programmers, artists, testers, to production, to everything in video games. There's so many different varied roles, which is wonderful. And to highlight them and give them a platform, just to show that if they can be put on a pedestal, you can also be there at some point in your life. Um, we did a little video thing and they asked me to say a few words and the biggest thing I took away from that was if I can be that person where a kid goes, they're in video games, that means I can be in video games too. I, I came over the country as a refugee, we came over with nothing. Um, and to go from nothing to working in my dream job, it's, you know, it's a possibility, you can do it. Definitely, and I think being able to be a chance to be that kind of representation for people for that next generation, as Marta was also saying earlier, is something that can be very powerful and very fulfilling. I had a, a very interesting conversation um, on, a, on a video panel uh, the other year where we were talking to some graduates who were going through some training programs and going into computer games, and there was a very interesting point that came up from that that I wanted to, to pose to you guys as well, was that one of the people said, I was the only person where I was in my very first job uh, of the color I was, and I felt therefore that I had to prove why I was there and that I had to be a good representation for everybody like me. I felt pressure to, to be that. So I'm curious to know if you've ever felt that kind of side of it. 100%. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, I remember, I mean, imposter syndrome is a thing that likes to haunt me every day. Uh, Every time I try to go to sleep, every time I wake up, every time I'm doing anything, every time I'm in the meeting, you know, with lots of suits looking at me going, what does, does this, this little girl want to say, you know, indulge us. Um, so, you know, my brain likes to talk to me about it quite a lot. And um, yeah, there's definitely, particularly when I first, you know, in eight years, a lot of things have changed, you know, within uh, being at Sega. But I remember when I first joined, I really uh, wanted to prove myself. You know, I really wanted to show I do belong here. I can do this. But I cannot tell you that 99% of the time in my head, I'm like, I don't belong here. I can't do this. You know, you know I, need to, I, need to go, I need to go hide somewhere. They're going to figure out I'm a fraud and they're going to fire me soon. Eight years later, somehow I'm still there. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely, I think it's something that a lot of us that maybe do come from different backgrounds will will find the need just to prove that you do belong. Um, sometimes it's not even other people. Yes, other people might put some pressure on you, whether they notice it or not. Um, but you, the pressure, there's nothing like the pressure you put on yourself. And uh, there will definitely be times where, where you just can, you know, I, I remember being in LA, talking to the creators of Sonic, showing them a website that I worked on and in my head just thinking, I need to prove that I belong here. You know, I am doing this. And, uh, you know, I did it. They congratulated me on my work. They loved it. It's still going. It's amazing. But, you know, but I, at the time, I just felt like just because of who I was, what I looked like, where I come from, that I just had to take a few extra steps um, you know I think there's something that maybe it's more the female experience more than anything else uh, it's you know we do get a lot of the um, you know if, if 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 a man is strong he's assertive you know he's he's like if he speaks up in the meeting he's like oh yeah look at him go he's like he's so strong he's so powerful listen to him a woman does the same thing you know she's too she's too much she's aggressive she's she's a bit and I I've I've been told that so many times. I like to think, I think I'm okay. I think I'm kind of nice. 
But, but people are very nice. Just in case the syndrome moments. is getting I here. <laughs> but I do, I, I do find that sometimes if you don't do it, and I'm not, I'm not even saying you're not even aggressive, but if you don't raise your voice and bring your, you know, your body language to the same level, nobody will listen to you. But at the same time, they will look at you and think, oh, she's a bit, she's a bit too much. You know, I find her a bit too much. She's, she's, she's a bit too strong. No, I'm just strong. I just happen to be from a different gender that you associate with strength. And any gender, any identification has strength. And I don't understand why that has to be a thing that we, you know, this, my own personal experience, I find that I have to do it. And uh, as a foreigner, as someone, I know that maybe I don't sound that foreign, but you know, I'm all, I've only been in the UK for 14 years, only a long time. Uh, but you know, I am not originally from here. And I sometimes, people will treat you differently because if English isn't your first language, all of a sudden you're a bit of a dum-dum. You're not as smart. I'm sorry, I, sp I speak three languages. Calm down. <laughs> you know, it's just sometimes I will see that in the professional environment where uh, if, if I forget a word, God forbid, you know. So these are things that you keep in the back of your head, you know. Prove, you know, prove everyone else you do know how to speak properly within the meeting and that you, and that you do belong there. So those are things that sadly sometimes you just, you know, you put, you put that pressure on yourself, which can be bad, but it can also have some positive sides as just being aware of what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I remember reading a, a study not that long ago where they did some surveys and they spotted a trend in meetings that if uh, certain groups of people, women especially, were to speak for 30% of the meeting, uh, everybody scored them as having spoken for over 50, 60, 70%. They all thought that they'd actually taken over the meeting. And sometimes these are completely unconscious things that they aren't even aware that they're doing. It isn't necessarily an active attempt to any kind of discrimination. It's just to do with socialization and things that just become habitual. And yeah, I, I absolutely agree sometimes that yeah, the imposter syndrome and things will make you hyper-aware or hyper-worried about these things. Uh, Dean, uh, are you sometimes feeling like you need to do these photos they're wheeling you out for to, to, rep to represent, if nothing else, amazing hair? I actively retract them now. <laughs> Especially if they happen over my lunch. <laughs> it's Unless always they're getting lunch. you pizza. It's not happening. Lunch or photo op? No, lunch. Definitely lunch. Um, I think when I first started in the games industry, I massively overcompensated. I like Q Pokemon theme song had to be the very best. Like no one ever was. Like every extracurricular activity, every ounce of overtime, if there was anything going on to do with like testing a game, I was there. Um, it got to the point where I was so involved in my job, I didn't see my family, I didn't see my friends, uh, but I was moving up the ladder slower than most, but I was still moving up. And I, I, what happened? Oh, I hit 30. That's what happened. I hit 30 and I went, I'm doing too much. I'm doing way too much. I need to slow it down. Um, and I think like one of the polarizing moments for me was I probably had spent about three months doing just wall-to-wall -wall overtime, basically crunch back then. Not happening as much anymore, thankfully. Um, and I spoke to my grandmother who, like at this point, I was completely frazzled. I hadn't seen anyone for weeks. And she was like, why are you doing this? And I explained to her that I wanted to move up the ladder and I needed to do this and I wanted to be a production level. And she's like, what are you doing? You're already doing it. You're already doing it. You're already there. You're already amongst these people. You have nothing to prove. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Damn. Okay. So since then, I mean, you will constantly get people who will undermine what you say and you will constantly get people who will believe that you don't belong in the room but as long as you walk into every room like you own the room it doesn't matter that's and that's what i've learned carrying forward really and that's pretty much why i'm still here thankfully yeah i think there is definitely a feeling sometimes of the need to develop that i do not give a beep attitude uh, that has to come with these things which is obviously easier for some than others within the industry for people who are shy or more introverted and, and so forth like sometimes it'd be quite difficult to achieve that as one way of, of working around the industry i mean i've been branded as like unapproachable at times due to the whole dagf attitude that i have to have on a day-to-day -day basis but it's better than 
diminishing yourself or dimming your light for the sake of other people. Definitely. Kwang, I know you're involved in quite a few initiatives and things. Do you ever feel like you need to be doing those or are they just things that you're gravitating towards naturally? Um, it, it's, it's almost a double-edged sword in, in that uh, you feel like you're being tokenized for being there. But in the same breath, representation matters. So yes, I may be the token uh, ethnic person in the group, but it means someone else can see me being that. So it does get very tiresome at times, and but ultimately I think it's worth me being uncomfortable and being that representation. I'm, I, I, as you were saying about being confident in your skills and being confident in the room, you walk in with confidence and you exude that confidence and you know um, you can do what you do. Although I have crippling imposter syndrome all the time. Uh, but you know, I've been around long enough to know I know what I know. And if I can inspire someone to do what I do, then yeah, I'll, I'll come out for the photographs. I, I understand how tiring it can be though. So, but for now, I'll, I'll still do it. Yeah, it's definitely something that can feel on one level that it's quite simple. Oh yes, I can represent this group and therefore I can help other people and that's wonderful. But it has this double-edged sword, as you say, where you therefore are giving yourself a lot of responsibility uh, that you don't necessarily have, always have the capacity to, to do, especially in these very demanding and busy industries. Uh, but having more diverse people and helping in that next generation is also extremely good for the games industry in itself. As we touched on a little bit earlier, if more people see themselves as being able to work with you and apply for your jobs at your company, you get a much more diverse type of people working on your games. And I would argue that people often complain about games in the modern age as being too samey, as being just another version of this. And if you want to have more varied games, having more varied people making them seems like the easiest way to achieve this. Um, does anyone else have any things to weigh in on that? Have you seen any good games, diverse games, that you think would be good examples? There's, there's definitely a lot more, you know, there, but things, things have been moving slowly, as we've, as we've touched upon, um, but there's definitely a lot more seeing, seeing games approaching different subjects, not being, not being scared of, of having different protagonists. Um, so that, that is something that I, I really love seeing more female protagonists and having nothing to do with the fact that they're female or having everything to do about them being female. Both are great and I love seeing it. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely something that, that I like to see a lot more. You know, an, an example that, that, that I can think of, like the, the new Streets of Rage 4 um, that came out has Two incredibly badass females. Oh, Cherry. And, um, um, uh, three, oh, actually. I'm forgetting. There's a DLC. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the rest yeah, you of have us Estelle, have not you, have, you have Blaze, and you oh, have wow. Cherry. And they're all amazing in very different ways. Uh, they all look very different, and they all belong there, and it's amazing. You know, in the game that you had, you have, you had, uh, let's face it, Streets of Rage, you know, it's like, I didn't work at Sega back then, so you can, I can vouch for this. <laughs> but being a kid, you know, it's like you remember seeing Streets of Rage, and originally you have, you have, you have your standard white dude, you have, you have a, a black guy, and then you have the girl. Done. You <laughs> ratio sorted. Um, but it's, it, and that was, you know, we're talking about 30 years ago. So maybe the intentions were different back then, but it's nice to see that things have been moving forward and, and they're not scared of just keeping keeping that going. And now you have you know more more characters with um, with you know with more diverse backgrounds. Not just what they look like and where they come from. Because one thing that I love seeing in video games that maybe we haven't touched upon that much is just personalities and people. I can identify myself with a cis white male. If I see something in, the, in his personality or their personality that relates to me, and I will look at you know empathy when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, relating to other characters can be so important as well. You know, it's not just you don't need a mirror of yourself to see yourself. 
you can see you, you can see yourself in many different characters in many different ways. But having that visualization is so important. So seeing those steps, you know, continuing to move forward is 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 great to see, and 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 I love I love seeing it. And you definitely are Blaze. Like you just literally walked out of my CRT television when I was a kid. <laughs> this is this is how you became into existence. And I think it's wonderful as well because you look at something like Streets of Rage 4 and it's awesome, diverse cast. They don't just look different. It's not just a palette swap, as you say. They play differently, those characters. They have different backstories. They have different styles. And I didn't see a huge amount of negative reaction from the public to that game because of the additional cast members. Most people were just like, Cherry has a guitar and she can hit people with it. This is good. And I was like, this is good. And that was kind of the, the most I really saw about that character edition, which was wonderful. And one thing I'll add, the return of Adam, if you know who Adam is, Adam was back and it was <laughs> glorious. <laughs> so I think it's a very good example as well of how you can diversify a cast, make a game better, and, and just have all of the benefits there of having just different representation within your game. Streets of Rage 4 is, is a brilliant example of that. I'd also say that like Mortal Kombat is a yep. pretty good example as well. Like as games went on, they were like, we just need more people that can tear other people in half. <laughs> and we need them to look as cool and varied as possible because there isn't that many pixels and people need to be able to tell the difference. But it actually resulted in a game that has a really rich and, and varied lore and, and quite a wide range of, of different characters, uh, most of them with, you know, giant teeth and things, but that's, that's beside the point. Um, so, Dean, can you think of another game? You mentioned uh, Apex earlier. Can you think of another game that has some awesome representation? I mean, um, I played Deathloop. That was fun. I love the dialogue, although it gets a bit much after a while. It's like, please stop talking. Um, I'm looking forward to Forspoken. Uh, Flintlock's coming up soon, which is great. Um, I'm thinking it's kind of weird that leading the diversity brigade at the moment are shooters. So, and it's weird to me because 99% of the time, you can't see those characters at all. You can't see them. Just their hands. That's it. It's odd. But still, it's a thing that's happening. Um, I think the figure that strikes out to me is that there was a study not too long ago of top 100 games between 2017 and 2021, and of those games, 5.3% of those were games where you could play as a character that wasn't white. And it was just basically, and that was just all ethnicity, not just a black person, just every ethnicity besides white, and that is pretty damning, and I think that needs to change quite rapidly. It is, slowly. It's getting there, but more work needs to be done. I think the bit that worries me the most is that um, when it comes to representing particular ethnicities and races, you can quite quickly jump towards stereotypes, and I think that's the bit that, that becomes quite worrying for me. Um, but again, that's work. You've got your communities who play the games, you've got your community who work on the games, just use them. But I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the improvement. For sure. It's getting yeah. there. And I think as well, as you have more diverse people working in the gaming industry and feeling welcome to work within the gaming industry, I think it gets a lot more difficult to end up accidentally uh, with a stereotype or something of that type happening if you have a diverse range of people that can be there and be kind of like, uh, actually, can we just think about this? Because if someone is honestly doing their best, but they just aren't you know, educated enough in the culture they wish to represent, or they haven't experienced it, they don't know enough people from it, it can be very easy for them to try their best to do something good and for it to backfire on them. So I think that having a more diverse workplace is just going to make that job easier. It's going to make those changes happen sooner. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I'm just going to add to what Dean says uh, in that, if you look at one of my favorite games, Street Fighter 2, when that first came out back in the early 90s, it was very stereotypical. Every character was from a different country, but they leaned very heavily into stereotypes. But now you have Street Fighter VI, and the cast has grown so much, and so much more diverse, and they've increased their team, and it's better than it ever was. Um, it's great to see that. Um, on, I wanted to talk about character creation. There's so many games now you can make your own characters, uh, and in the early days, you couldn't make yourself if you were diverse in any way, you couldn't see yourself in a character. But now they're adding more hairstyles, um, more genders, more outfits, and, thing, and allowing you to mix and match as well. 
before, if you wanted this hairstyle, you were locked to this gender. And, but why, you know, just because I have long hair, I could wear it however I want. I don't want to be locked into short hair characters. Um, just, you know, think about your favorite game that has character generation now, and can you make yourself in that tool? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on Saints the Row, if I try really hard. Mole picking. It's getting better, but we still have ways to go. Uh, may I, maybe would, I would like it so that we had black hairstyles that weren't the giant microphone afro or just the short back and sides. That's all I want in life. I just want more than two. Uh, you, you sometimes get the, the cute puff oh, yeah, sometimes the buttons, tails, yeah. but only if you pick the right other options to go hair, with it. Hair's always difficult. Hair's <laughs> always the one. It's just... But again, that's something that if you have, the, the developers of the game are from a, a broader background. They're going to know what that hair is supposed to look like. They're going to think to include those options. And again, these are options. Because I think a lot of times we hear phrases from certain very vocal groups with uh, anonymous you know, first name, bunch of numbers on Twitter, um, who will say like, oh, you're just forcing this additional content onto us. I, I, it's like, well, this is optional. You don't have to see it. The point is to give everybody options. The point is the option to make the character look exactly like you or to spend seven hours in cyberpunk making Homer Simpson. You can do either. The point is to have that freedom and not to exclude anyone. Including everyone is not the same as somehow excluding people that are used to seeing themselves as the default. So yeah, um, I don't know how much time we have left at the moment. Five minutes? Ooh. Do you have any closing statements or words that you would like to, to give to everyone in the audience? No pressure, Marta. Okay. Um, one, one thing I'd say is that when it comes to, when it comes to representation, I'll, I'll, I'll try and be brief, um, uh, is that you know, we, we can see when it's disingenuous. So um, as, as you were saying, and rightfully so, when you have right people with the right backgrounds doing the right things, um, the, the product that comes out, you can see that it's genuine. You can see that people care. And the, pre the representation that is being shown is not because people want to go, look at us. We are, wow, we like all the peoples. No, it's actually people that want to, to show that we do live in a diverse world with different people, with different backgrounds, different colors, different, every, we're all different. If we're all the same, I know it's cliche, but it'd be so boring. Um, so there's definitely, there's still, I still see a lot of disingenuous diversity. I see a lot of, oh, we're doing this because uh, that's what the people want. And, it's like, and you can tell it's just a bunch of people in suits in the background just ticking boxes and making sure that you know uh, us peasants on the outside look at it and go, wow, I feel seen. We're not dumb, most of us, for the most part. I have questionable moments, but... <laughs> Point being that we can see when it's not honest. So just be honest, regardless of your background. You know, I know there's a lot of like, uh, a lot of like, oh no, I'm a, I'm a cis white male and I'm going to be hated for it. No, 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 no. Just if, as long as you have, you know, if you're genuine and kind and you genuinely want to show that yes, we do live in a diverse, in a diverse world, and you want, and, you know, you have friends and you want to champion your friends, your your loved ones, your family. Don't be scared of doing that. Just, you know, honesty is, it, it don't, don't underestimate it because people will see through you. And uh, we live in a very fake world. People will see through you a mile away. So don't just go, I want to have you in the picture because you're the best at the job, not because you look like this. You know, just uh, make sure that you, you know, uh, uh, I, again, I know I feel like I'm throwing cliches at you, but if you want to be, Part of the change that you want to see in the world, you know, just make sure you do it honestly and also be willing to to listen to the people around you if you're not part of those demographics. I make mistakes all the time. We all do. We're all learning. So just make sure you're not, you know, you're not scared of asking questions while being respectful. People are willing to talk to you and to listen and to make sure that the diversity you see, again, is not a corporate thing, it's something that is a natural thing that should be happening genuinely and with care. Yeah, I think so. And I think in the changing 
Uh, I'm going to use the phrase corporate landscape. Wow. Um, in the changing wow. corporate, I should also say we live in a society at some point. I've missed an opportunity there. In the changing corporate landscape as well with social media, with the way that games companies are interacting with their fans has changed a lot over the years. It is not like a company now has to be this faceless monolith that produces perfect games. Now they can actually have conversations. In fact, it is actively encouraged and it is praised by the community. If a company were to say, hey, we want to work with more people. We want to include these things in our games and we don't know how to do it and we want to do it right. The fans will be there. The fans will, will want to be involved in that process and will want to help that process happen, which is always going to be better than just trying to do it blindly without consulting and communicating with the communities and the types of people they want to include. And I think that's something that companies are slowly starting to learn, slowly, slowly, um, but definitely owning it and talking to the communities and engaging the player bases will always result. I mean, why not use the hive mind that is the entire internet, right? Definitely. Please, please, please don't be scared of applying for jobs. I applied for it and I got it. How? I don't know. Because please, you're amazing. A, a, don't be scared. Don't think that because you're not too old, you're not because you're a woman, because of the color of your skin, where you're, the country you're from apply for the jobs. The worst thing that can happen is a no. And if that's the compromise, it's okay. I got a billion no's before I got a yes. Just apply. Don't be scared. Don't stop yourself because don't let your brain say silly things to you. Just do it. Just do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And companies are getting much better at these things. So people like us are the people you will potentially be working with if you're scared about applying for jobs. Uh, we, we, we do exist and we are, we are multiplying like triples. So, Dean, do you have any closing words or parting advice? Um, two things. Um, the games is a multi-billion dollar industry that's global. I want weird stuff. Give me black people fighting dragons. Give me a Bollywood-themed space shooter. Ooh, yeah. Just, can we stop telling the same stories, please? Just give me something weird. Um, and the other thing is, just to kind of um, build on Marta's point, if uh, they, they, they hired me, look at me. If I can get a job and stay in the games industry for 12 years, you don't have to fit into a box, don't feel like you have to fit some sort of stereotype, don't feel like you have to diminish yourself for the sake of anyone. Just apply for the damn job. Just do it. Just be yourself. That's it. You have been told. And I now want this Bollywood-themed space shooter. Like, right. I need this. Right. In my life, the music, the soundtrack sales alone would be phenomenal. Any indie developers in today? This idea is available. <laughs> I can happily write that down for you if anyone needs it. Yeah, we, we need this to happen. And it would be phenomenal to see, again, more, more varied stories, more new things. Everyone says, like, every idea is done. And I start to question that when I see just the same ideas again and again in a lot of our games. And, yeah, I want to see, well, that game specifically now, and more like it. I'll write a pitch. <laughs> yes, don't work on that after the panel. So, Quang, do you have any parting words or advice? It's basically, I just want to add, build on everything we've said earlier, is the more diverse the people making games are, the more diverse games we will get, and that will attract more people, and it, it will feed itself. Again, representation matters. By building the stuff that you want to see, other people will see it and say, I can do that too. Um, just, yeah, everyone apply, make games, make them as weird as possible. It, weird is all I got. That in my sweet style. Absolutely. Do it. Be weird. And if I, your I, box doesn't exist, create your own box. Exactly. And fill it with cool stuff. This is, this is definitely the way. So hopefully some of this advice has been useful to all of you and you're welcome to come up after the panel and ask us some more follow-up questions and things or possibly get that idea written down if you would like to make the Bollywood Space Shooter game. Um, you know, you just, a small commission will be taken, I'm assuming, but it needs to happen. I am Bex Trista, and if you would like to find me, I'm called Trista Bites, and I, I stream, I present, I do some voice acting, I do a whole bunch of stuff, most of it very, very silly, so you're welcome to follow me on all platforms. Marta, where can they find you? Uh, Twitter handles on the thing, um, at muni, or my uni, however you want to say it. I also stream at this is Marta with three A's uh, on Twitch. So, um, yeah, feel free to follow me on the things. If you have questions about uh, getting into the video games industry or anything, I'm always happy to, to help and talk about it. So feel free to DM me, follow, do the thing, and, uh, and catch me wherever. Come, come hang out and talk and stuff. <laughs> 
do the thing. Excellent. Dean, where can they find you online? I am horrifically vocal on Twitter. I'm sorry, or you're welcome. Um, it's at the bottom of my name there. And Shanghai on Twitch. Stream three nights a week. Thought I'd just drop that in there as well. Excellent. So, Quang, where, they, where can they find you online? As said, um, on all the social platforms as a Sobe Tech, uh, but not TikTok. I don't understand TikTok. I'm old. I told you. Um, so I'm on TikTok now. Don't see that. I'm old, but you're, you're, I'm you're, old you're, too. you're hip and young. See? Also, don't f forget to uh, pre-order Quangbang, I mean Defused, uh, on Quang's uh, website. Amazing Game Boy game coming out later this year. <laughs> I like that. Hijacking the panel for a shout-out for another panelist. This is the kind of thing we need. This is people helping each other out in the industry. This is why we need more people. Pick up your friends. People. Also, exactly. go, go follow Bex, amazing host today. Amazing. <laughs> thank you. So, thank you very much for joining us, you wonderful, wonderful people. Can I please get a massive round of applause for these phenomenal guests? <laughs>